2013, a podcast commando unit was sent into exile by a pants-off dance-off court for a stuffing they clearly committed. This man promptly remained hidden, resulting in the ROH cast being abandoned. Today, still hidden in exile, the podcast survives as a soldier of fortune. If you have a podcast that no one else can host, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire the A-Team. Hello everyone, welcome to episode 105 of the ROH cast. My name is Harry, I am the web designer and co-owner of ROHworld.com and as always, I'm here with my other member of the ROH cast A-team, potential co-owner of ROHworld.com. He is the American bearded nightmare, John. I pity the fool who don't think we're the A-team. <laughs> oh god, you know the show's going to be bad when it starts with Mr. T impressions. Um, so we might as well kick the show off as we have done for quite a while now with a very quick update on the the stuffing saga as I like to call it involving Stephen and there could be listeners out there who have never heard Stephen's voice because he's not been here since episode 98 pretty much so for anyone who doesn't know Stephen is the other co-owner and the editor of rohworld.com and essentially on rhcast100 he announced he was disappearing for a pants off dance off world tour Unfortunately, during that tour, he stuffed, which is illegal in pants-off, dance-off competitions. Just ask Davy Richards. Um, and because of that, he was he was sort of so devastated, he went into exile off the coast of Ghana. And that's where we are today. And he's actually sent uh, a message to myself and John, almost threatening that he's going to destroy the ROH cast and what it's because of well, you know what it's become now with the A team. It's not what it used to be back when we talked about Dan Seven and, and Mabel. And he says that he's formed a new faction and he's recruiting. His faction is known as Stuffing Crutches for Undersized Manliness, a.k.a. Scum. So we better watch out for these scum guys that could be... They could appear at any point during the show, John. Yeah, I've, I've had to uh, hire security just because I, I know there's a target on my back. <laughs> so we'll kick the show off as we typically do by talking about the latest Ring of Honor on SBG TV show, and for regular listeners of the show, they will know that for, I don't know how long now, every single week only one of us has seen it. But last week I took a stand, and both myself and John have seen the entire Ring of Honor TV show. Can so you believe it? for the first time in ROH cast history, <laughs> one of your stands have come true. I think it is. That's breaking news, that is. I'll add that, that to my news segment. Get that everywhere. That needs to be spread around on the forum, on the dirt sheets, that one of my stands has actually come true, which I think that's a good sign that this is from here on out. My stands are always going to be right. You just wait. Um, so, yeah, we, which is it's quite funny that it's a Ring of Honor podcast and it's a rare occurrence that more than one person has seen the show. Um, so the TV show began with a Ring of Honor World TV title match as Matt Taven Defended against King of the Iron Fist tournament, Brian Fury. John, what did you think of the uh, the opener? And actually, I have notes that I took. And I, before we get to that match, actually, I have some notes just from the offset of starting watching this show. I think my biggest complaint was that it's not in high definition. I mean, so many phones record in high definition. You go on YouTube, 
the majority of stuff you watch on there is at least 720p and it's it just when you put it up full screen on your PC or if you're watching it on your telly it just doesn't look great I mean this might have been fine like what five years ago when we weren't sort of used to HD but it feels like HD everything is in HD now yeah apart from Ring of Honor and in fact Ring of Honor used to be in HD when it was on HDNet and now it's not (laughs) so (laughs) yeah um, my other sort of initial thing was that Kevin Kelly needs to be ditched from that intro I didn't realize how annoying that is until I watched it again this week oh my (laughs) haha Oh, what a move! And scoring! Yeah, it's just... You could just remove that audio layer, that track of Kevin Kelly screaming from the intro, it'd be much better. And my final non-match-related thing, Nigel McGuinness was so quiet. Yes, I could not hear him at all during portions of the show. Do you think this is, you know, SBG just trolling him? Like, oh, no one can understand a British accent, we'll just turn him right down anyway. Like I don't. No, know if... I, think, I think Ring of Honor is just that bad at production <laughs> that they can't figure out how to get two microphones at the same volume. Um, now what? Now obviously we're audio experts here on the ROH cast. Maybe we can lend them a hand, John. <laughs> um, what? Well, maybe I don't know. Either they just don't know what they're doing with on the technical side, or for some reason Nigel takes his headset off and like puts it on the table and just talks at it, and that's why he's so quiet. I don't know. But it, it was. Odd because Kevin Kelly was slightly too loud, so it just created this horrible, horrible listening experience, basically. So we'll get on to the match itself. Um, I thought it was good, actually, that Matt Taven entered in front of Martin in the Hoopla Hutties, which is not something I've seen. I don't know if that's been happening for a while, but, you know, in the eye per views and some of the houses that I, I watched... Martini would always be leading the way and Matt Taven would just be sort of this afterthought, but... They let Matt Taven enter like in front, so that's a, a good change. And the match itself I thought was okay. I felt like it was a little bit sloppy at times. It came across perhaps as a miscommunication on a couple of the spots. I don't know if that was just me. Oh, uh, yeah, the match I didn't think was anything special. I thought it was nothing more than like a harmless opener mm. to get Matt Taven on TV. And it might have rained, what, five minutes? Yeah. So it was nothing to really... If if it was bad and sloppy, it wasn't anything noticeable that that would ruin a five minute. Yeah, it, well, it, exactly. It wasn't horrific, but you know, if it went like twenty minutes, then maybe we'd be complaining. But the fact that, as you say, short and sweet, couple of bits sloppy bits, but nothing really to complain about that much. So and Matt Taven beat Brian Fury. We should put Matt Taven in Tekken. Yeah, we should actually. We should get him as a like a a DLC for Tekken Tag Tournament or something. Um, so moving on, we then had a, uh, I thought Kevin Steen's text ROH to today was brilliant. I thought that was hilarious. Just the way he completely overdid it. <laughs> yeah. Those things have, like, is, is anyone out there text ROH today? Like, what do you actually get? I know you could also text ROH today to get a picture of Michael Elgin or Mischief, or I think CNC did it. There's people I really don't want to see pictures of. <laughs> um, yeah, and then we had from our, yeah, then we had actually a promo where Michael Elgin came out, and one of the funny things I found is that Kevin Kelly said Michael Elgin's entire promo in about two sentences before Elgin started speaking. 
<laughs> he summed up the fact that he was going to be given the belt and he didn't want it and he wanted to fight in this tournament basically is what Kevin Kelly said during his entrance so I found that quite funny and then Steen no yeah Steen came out and basically said that Steen knows that Elgin can't beat him because obviously when Steen was champion we all said oh Elgin's going to beat Steen he's going to be the next champion and he lost didn't he in, in Toronto so um, then we had Michael Bennett come out, who said that his brother Mike Bennett is gone from Ring of Honor, and he's come in and stole Mike Bennett's girlfriend, and is now here to stay in Ring of Honor. What do you think about that? I thought that was a shocking twist and revel and like revelation that I did not see coming. No, shocking. And then we had the I, I do like Tommaso Ciampa's entrance where the lights go out, the music's playing, he comes out, basically gets right into everyone's face basically screams at the camera that he's the next world champion and he's definitely the the wild card in this the dark horse in this tournament I think I wouldn't be surprised if he's in the final do you really think he'll make the final if you had to put if you had to take a stand right now oh, you can't make me do that after my track record of getting a stand right I mean if all of are gonna be true from now on <laughs> you literally just said that um, well, I definitely think Elgin's getting to the final. It just depends what they want to do with Cole, because the obvious thing is Cole versus Elgin in the final, which, I mean, all of us predicted as soon as this tournament was announced, which kind of makes the whole thing redundant if the people in the final or what everyone said when the thing was announced. Like, people predicted those two before they even announced the 16 guys. So they could have Champa somehow beat Cole, and go to the final and then lose to, to Elgin, maybe Cole interferes or something. I think it's very unlikely, but there's still a chance that Champa could make it to the final, but I don't think he's going to leave with the belt. There's no stand in there. I stood right on the fence. That's where I said. Yeah. <laughs> That's the stand I took. Um, so then we had our first Ring of Honor World Title Tournament of the night and a tournament match of the night. With, where ACH took on Carl Anderson. And it was around, it was sort of this point and some of the, you know, the, the breaks they have with Larry Legend talking about the shows. It was a combination of those and these early tournament matches that made me feel like I was watching a repeat, like an old episode. That it, it almost felt like this is a show that you, you would have done the TV report on last month. But the fact that it was the latest show kind of felt weird to me. Do you get that at all? Yeah, because of the disconnect between the television show and the house shows, mm. I think is what's making you feel that way. Because we already know who wins this match. We know, knew who won the main the next, event. The next match in this, we know you know the, who the who wins this. We know the next round of the tournament. We know who wins that. You know. So watching this is kind of inconsequential unless you just want to watch wrestling for the sake of wrestling. Mm. I think a couple of things they could do is just get some photo or video from the house show. Like, Manhattan, how long ago was Manhattan Mayhem 5 now? What, two weeks? That's plenty I'll, of time. Go on. Was it? I was going to say something like that. That's plenty of time to crop together just some stills and then just record audio of Larry Legend saying what happened and shove that in the show. I don't see... You haven't got to, you know, fly people in for promos. All you've got to do is take screenshots of the event and get Larry Legend, you know, over Skype would probably fit in with the rest of Ring of Honor's audio quality. Have him talk about what happened and some screenshots. 
So have that on top of these first round matches or just ignore these first round matches ever happen and just go with the second round match results and show something mm-hmm. else on no, TV. That's, that's the problem, yeah. I mean, maybe they wouldn't have to talk specifically about the tournament, but the whole tag title thing, they could have at least mentioned what was going on there and try and make them not feel so so separate. And I think just having audio updates, you know, sort of like Kevin Kelly's YouTube recaps, but not as cheesy without the rap music and the undressing. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe there should be more rap music and undressing on the Ring of Honor TV show. That's why I watch the recaps. <laughs> Another thing, I think they should... Um, because this aired the week before the, the shows this weekend that we're about to talk about, the, the cards for those are completely set. Why not have the audio of Larry Legend announcing the main events? Because all they were saying in these videos is, Ring of Honor is in, where is it? Alabama or something? Alabama and Tennessee. Yeah, weekend. Alabama and Tennessee this weekend. That was it. That's all we got. But in in sort of the real Ring of Honor world, the the current world, we know the main events. We know the full card. All they've got to do is announce a couple of matches for each show, and he just you, you've got more of an impulse to go, and it feels more up to date because it just feels like it feels like what it is that it was taped ages ago. It doesn't feel like they make any attempt to make it feel current. Like you watch NXT, that's taped ages in advance, but they always have the latest video packages from from Raw and the other shows slotted into this old footage, so it doesn't feel out of date. I know it's different because they don't have house shows and such there, but I don't know. These are just things that I spotted and thought could improve it. Well, I agree, but there's only so much they can do if they. I think they're trying to find the line between keeping it as up-to-date as possible mm. and not spoiling things on their TV show. And that's kind of hard to do when you have house shows promoting a main event but the th- that the features thing is, the four men in the finals of the title tournament. But the thing is, they spoil it all over the website. And for the majority of people, the only way to watch the TV show is to go on the website. I mean, if you like them on Facebook, they post photos that spoil it and stuff. Yeah. So I, I, don't, I, I, don't, I see what he's saying, that maybe they are being considerate of spoilers on the show, but when they're not being considerate everywhere else, it's kind of, what's the point? True, yeah. Anyway, there's our rant on the TV show. I told you we were going to find out why I, you know, we don't tune in. I think that, that is why, that, that disconnect. Um, so then we have ACH versus Carl Anderson, where Carl Anderson picked up the win to advance in the tournament. Surprise, surprise. And I've got to say, it was very good, actually. I did enjoy this match. Um, I've enjoyed both of Carl Anderson's sort of recent appearances um, in Ring of Honor. So, yeah, nothing to complain about this match. It was a very good TV match. Perfect amount of time given to it. A couple of good near falls. Yeah, all around good stuff. I agree. I thought this was a very good match, especially after the initial feeling out process. Mm. These two really picked up the action and the closing minutes were incredible, I thought. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. it. You know, when there's a good match, there's not really much to say apart from we probably recommend you check it out. I mean, I'm assuming they're going to be releasing all of these matches on DVD. That wouldn't surprise me, this entire tournament. Um, But yeah, I'd I'd definitely recommend checking it out because it was definitely a good match. And then we get to our main event. Adam Cole versus the returning Mark Briscoe. He's back. Um, Yay. Yep. Adam Cole picked up the win with a J-Driller to advance into the next round of the tournament. And... 
the, they told a good story here. Basically, they did a promo earlier about how Mark Briscoe has just been literally just been cleared from his concussion that Scum gave him, not to be confused with the new Scum faction on the RH cast. Um, and basically, so what does Cole do? He just attacks his head the entire match. And there was a bit where, from what I recall, he hit the froggy bow. This is the finish. And he couldn't pin him because he, he sort of shook up from the concussion and the kicks to the head that Cole had been giving him. And while Todd Sinclair was seeing to him, Cole just ran over, kicked him in the head and gave him a J-driller for good measure and then picked up the win. So, yeah, I think it, it wasn't... It was, a, it was a decent enough match. Um, I probably preferred the ACH match from like a pure wrestling standpoint, but it was a good story and it's just... The cogs are slowly turning on this Adam Cole heel turn because... Ring of Honor love those slow turns and slow build-ups, don't they? Yeah, the, this wasn't this the exact same story the WWE just told with Alberto Del Rio and Dolph Ziggler? <laughs> very, very similar, yes. But yeah, I thought this was a pretty good match. The I think the story is what carried it more than the actual action in the ring, and that's perfectly fine, I think. Yeah. Especially when, especially when you're trying to promote Adam Cole as this diabolical heel he's slowly turning into. And to me, the Jade Driller is the scariest move in all of wrestling. Yeah. At least at least they didn't do it on the apron. (laughs) Yeah. That would have been stupid. Yeah, it it is. Yeah, I wouldn't want to take that. That's all I'll say. Um, So that wraps up the latest Ring of Honor on SBG, SBG TV show. And correct me if I'm wrong, but this was the last show from the from the recent tapings. Is that correct? Uh, could be, but it might not be. I'm going to use rhworld.com slash results and I will find the answer. Yes, it was. So we currently have no fresh TV content to uh, to be aired. So I hope you guys like Road Rage. Because we will be seeing all the tournament matches from now until Death Before Dishonor, I believe. You're actually correct, because when is the next um, TV taping? After Death Before Dishonor. Oh, wow. Okay. So we're going to get a lot of uh, road rage. So if you've been buying the video on demand, you probably shouldn't have. <laughs> I mean, you even sort of said that. In, was it all, was it Manhattan Mayhem or All Star Extravaganza, your review, where a lot of the matches were just going to be aired on TV, so it was, it was difficult to recommend a, a purchase? Yeah, and it was Manhattan Mayhem 5, because... Mm. Unless it was, unless you really wanted to see the oh, Hooligans Young, Young, Young Bucks match, yeah. which was incredible, there's no reason you couldn't just wait for video on demand to watch the three t or three uh, title tournament matches. Mm. So the next TV taping is the Saturday, September 21st. So don't expect any new, fresh Ring of Honor TV content until at least I'd say what, one or two weeks after that. There might uh, be there might even be Death Before Dishonor Road Rage. So who knows how long it'll take. Ugh. Hey, at least it makes your job easy doing the report. No, it doesn't. I have to rewatch it and then actually type out what happens instead of <laughs> writing my thoughts on it. Um. Okay, so that wraps up the latest Ring of Honor TV show. We're now going to move on to the news, which you can always find on our Ring of Honor forum at rohworld.com.
We have an update on the American Wolves possibly heading to the WWE. It's a report from the Wrestling Observer Newsletter that was posted on our forum on August the 29th. And it reads, the WWE is doing a tryout camp, which started yesterday at their performance center in Orlando. There were two, sh- there were two sessions yesterday and a long session today. Bill DeMott runs the camp and will be, and judging will include Joey Mercury, Norman Smiley, Ter- Terry Taylor, Gerald Briscoe, and William Regal. There are about 30 guys in the camp. Eddie Edwards, according to reports the uh, Wrestling Observer Newsletter got, was standing out of everyone, followed by Davey Richards. So it seems like out of everybody at the camp, the American Wolves are the two brightest stars. Interesting stuff. I think we've talked a lot about them, uh, you know, possibly leaving Ring of Honor and the impact that would have. It's just a matter. It could be a matter of when. I'm assuming, from what I understand, they're not under contract anymore. They're sort of appearing on a per per show basis. Yes, and they could be sticking around a little longer as they've both been signed to appear at Ring of Honor's Baltimore return October fifth. Okay. Yeah, so I'm going to guess they'll be sort of honoring their final commitments and then maybe heading uh, elsewhere, so I'll have to wait and see. But I want to pose a question to you, John, that I put on the forum. I was thinking about this earlier. It looks If they are indeed leaving, who should they face last? Should it be singles? Should it be a tag? Or what should their final match be in Ring of Honor? Um, That's a good question. I've, I, I saw that thread and I saw people mention Eddie versus Davey 5, but Oh no! But but unlike they did that with uh, Danielson and McGinnis, but unlike Danielson and McGinnis, mm. who were just two legends in Ring of Honor, I don't think the Wolves are quite at that level. Well, I think yet. I think they should go out putting other wrestlers over, and I think their last matches or among their last matches should be Davey versus uh, Kyle O'Reilly in a singles match to put O'Reilly over, and uh, Eddie Edwards versus Adam Cole to to just continue putting Adam Cole over. Hmm. Yeah, what about as a tag? Like, if they were going to have one final tag team match? It would need to be against people who are long-time Ring of Honor tag team wrestlers, long-time icons, I think, to have, like, the kind of weight it would deserve. And the only team I could think of would be the Briscoes, and I don't really want to see that on the American Wolves' way out. Yeah, I mean... A lot of, some people on the forum were saying perhaps C&C to give them a major rub in terms of boosting them up the card and getting them ready for a title shot. But I mean, does I, that seem like a uh, the big farewell that no, they deserve, though? No, it, it really doesn't. I mean, to be honest, the Kings of Wrestling last match was a, a TV match against Wrestling's Greatest Tag Team, so if you face C&C, you can't really complain. True, and, the, and I'm kind of basing this off of the past of Ring of Honor where they'd give these wrestlers the big send-offs and not the recent history that we've gotten where the wrestlers haven't gotten the Generico yeah. technically did. I think that was an accidental final match, but because they didn't know he was going to sign, but he did have a, a good sort farewell. Of, yeah, yeah. It wasn't really a farewell. It was a good last match to have. Good thing to remember him by. But yeah, so we'll have to sort of wait and see what happens with the Wolves. And moving on to uh, news, I'm no Harry's happy to hear about. Jay Briscoe will be at Death Before Dishonor <sighs> XI11. To present the ROH World Title to the winner of the tournament. Oh my God! <laughs> this, I didn't know that bit. I knew he was there, but I didn't know about presenting the belt. That is just setting up for the most obvious swerve. Something's going to happen, basically. And they've announced it way off. They might as well just be alarm bells like going off on the ring apron, like, "Hey, something's going to happen! Something's going to happen!" Like this is ridiculous. I'm probably this... the only one. Go on. You rant for a bit. 
I hate this. I hate this so much because if he comes back and turns on a wrestler and sets up a, a, a title match for himself in the future, it makes his whole tournament pointless because the whole point of the tournament was Jay Briscoe wouldn't be able to defend the belt until this time. So they're having a tournament to, to crown the new champion. But if Jay Briscoe was held onto the title, we still wouldn't have, we'd have the same amount of title matches we currently had, correct? Yeah. It's just, we went two months without a champion when we could have went two months without a, without the champion defending the belt. I don't see how this was any better. If, if this is what happens, I don't see how this is any better than Jay just holding on to the title. I mean, the fact that they announced that Jay Briscoe has been in possession of the belt the entire time is, is, is silly because I could have sworn Matt Hardy left had the belt. When they beat him up, Matt Hardy had it and took it. And now they're just like, no, wait, Jay Briscoe had it the entire time. And like the fact that they're holding this tournament for a belt they didn't even own. How about this? How about this? They don't own the belt. Jay Briscoe gave Matt Hardy a fake belt. Matt Hardy <laughs> thinks he is the true champion. Oh, comes God. back and challenges both of the uh, new champion and Jay Briscoe for a, th- and a three-way ladder match to determine the true champion Ch- of Champion versus champion versus champion. Yes. There'll be two belts hanging up. One fake, one real, and then there'll be an invisible third belt from the new champion. Like this is like as soon as this tournament was announced, before any guys were putting it, we we shat on it, didn't we? We, we? we were not happy with this idea, and it's just the fact that he's coming back. The, the minute it ends makes it a complete waste of time because of what John said. There's been the exact same number of title matches, whether he kept the belt or not. And I personally think they should have just given it to Matt Hardy because at least then we'd have a reason to tune in because there'd be something going on and interesting actually happening. So we'd like, oh, Matt Hardy's the belt. I hate that fat bastard. Let's see him lose. Next pay-per-view, he drops it to Elgin. This whole thing's... Oh, I don't know. It just annoys me, this silliness. And the fact that here on the podcast and someone on the forum I actually took this idea from like the minute this tournament was announced they said new new guy wins the belt Jerry Briscoe comes out calls him paper champion champion versus champion final battle undisputed the guy called it which perhaps it'll be sooner than that but it's just uh, do you have any more to add John? I just want to move on from this yeah Uh, what do you think is going to happen? who's going to turn do you reckon Cole will uh, win by heel tactics. Jay Briscoe come out. This isn't what Honor is about. This isn't what I killed Scum for. Blah, blah, blah. Adam Cole kicks him in the groin. Then they have a feud. And yeah, we have that to look forward to. I hope not. Because, because no matter, either way, the, the feud coming out of this is not going to be Cole Elgin, is it? It's going to be Jay Briscoe and something. Let's just move on with the news, John. Yes, please. In other uh, Death Before Dishonor XI11 news, Ricky Marvin, uh, Ricky Marvin's two matches he will be competing in that weekend have been announced. September 20th at Death Before Dishonor, he'll take on Roderick Strong, and the next day he'll wrestle Davey Richards. Mm-hmm. All right. And uh, the Honor Rumble returns September 28th in Hopkins, Minnesota. The winner of the Honor Rumble will receive a title shot later that night. Instant reward. Instant reward. Just like listening to the ROH cast. <laughs> exactly. Um, I, I, I didn't see the... Did you see the on a rumble that Jay Lethal won? I think Stephen nope. might have... I think yeah, Stephen, Stephen reviewed, reviewed that, that shit. That. Yeah. yeah. So I don't think we're the right people to comment on whether this is a good idea or not. 
it's a fine thing for a house show. There, I, I, I don't really know what else we can say at this point. I hope cheeseburgers in it. Put some comedy in there. Have some someone. I think there's a question coming up about mischief or some some sort of make it a bit interesting because from a pure match perspective, they're not like the Royal Rumble is special because you headline WrestleMania, which is massive. This is just you get a title shot on a house show, so there's not like a massive stipulation attached. And because it's a battle royal, the in ring can't be that fantastic. So perhaps make it make it like a Night of Hoopla style battle royal. That'd be good. I agree, and that wraps up the news for this week. So now we're going to move on to quickly preview and predict the two upcoming Ring of Honor house shows this weekend. We have one in. Um, I'm going to botch this. Chattanooga? Chatta... Yeah? Chattanooga. Chattanooga, yeah. Tennessee. Friday, September 6th. And uh, I think they need to update the poster because BJ Whitmer's on it. So that's a bit... And it also looks like somebody just took a highlighter and scribbled all over the poster. (laughs) That's so true. Um, Yeah, I want to highlight Michael Elgin's nose. I want to highlight Bobby Fish's eyebrows. Yeah, it looks very strange. Um, So I'll run through the card and we'll both share our predictions on who we think is going to win the match. Um, And there'll be full reviews of both of these shows and results this weekend. The reviews will hit whenever the video on demand appears, which could be up to a week. Um, So we're kicking off with uh, the first show on Friday. We have Roderick Strong taking on Raymond Rowe, who I know nothing about, John. Do you? I know his name is Raymond Rowe and he's wrestling Roderick Strong and... Chattanooga, Tennessee. Who's going to win the match, John? Who do you think? Roderick Strong. Absolutely. Jay Lethal, formerly known as Unbeatable, starts at the bottom of the ladder, tries to work his way back up to unbeatable status by taking on Luke Hawks. Jay Lethal? Jay Lethal. Non-title match. Matt Taven takes on Davey Richards. I would love to see Matt Taven get the win here, but I'm going with Davey Richards. Yeah, the fact that it's non-title and not a proving ground makes me think they've done that so Davey can win. So I'm sh- uh, it should be a good match, actually. That that has some good potential there. So To me, yeah. like out of all the matches on this card, this is the one I'm most intrigued by. Yeah, looking at... Yeah, gl- yeah you're right, actually. has a lot of potential, so I have to tune in to find out. Um, then we have a tag team match where Adrenaline Rush will take on... Alabama attitude of Mike Posey and Corey Hollis. I think a, I think Adrenaline Rush gets the win here. I've never been that big of a fan of Alabama attitude. No, I've seen them a few times. They've never really struck out to me as guys like, oh, we can't go get those guys back, you know, keep them around. But I'm sure I'll be okay. I'm not really sure what else to expect, to be honest. Um, but yeah, Adrenaline Rush are going to win. If they beat if they beat the Bucks and CNC in a three-way, then they're going to Beat these guys. Um, special challenge match number two. Bobby Fish takes on Caprice Coleman. Why do they start out with special challenge match number two? Because I'm reading from the bottom up of the card as opposed to top down. So, yeah, number two. Bobby well, then Fish... well, then shouldn't number one still be below number two then? Te- yeah, technically. Technicalities aside, though, <laughs> who do you think is going to win this match? I think they're trying to set up for another CNC title match, so I'd either expect Caprice Coleman to beat Bobby Fish or Cedric Alexander to beat Kyle O'Reilly. I'm not sure which one will win, well, but I expect one the of the fact them. that we have unbeatable Bobby Fish 
and gets pinned in tag matches, Carl O'Reilly. To me, I think that makes it pretty obvious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think we might as well talk about both of these matches. So For I think somebody about... who doesn't watch Ring of Honor, you have a very good understanding of how things work. <laughs> um, hey, I watch it. I saw, I saw, you know, Brian Fury, uh, Bobby Fish. I think will win this, and then Kyle O'Reilly will win the. Sorry, Cedric Alexander will win the uh, or the challenge match. Yeah, that because makes sense to me. Yeah, I, I was going to explain it, but I can't be bothered. I think Go ahead and quite... explain. I, I, I want to hear it. Well, I, I, the I... fact that they've they've actually made mention of Bobby Fish being unpinned in in one on one contests before on the newswire, so they're they're not just going to throw that away here. So, especially now that Jay Lethal's not unbeatable, there has to be someone who has this gift or whatever it is that makes him unbeatable. So yeah, Bobby Fish and, and Cedric will beat Riley. Then that brings us to our tag team main event, as Kevin Steen and Michael Elgin team up to take on Adam Cole and Tommaso Ciampa. So this is the four men in the semi-finals of the World Title Tournament teaming up t- to take on each other. So which team do you think is going to win? Who will be pinned? Because a pinfall so close to the, the end of this tournament is a big uh, big thing here. That's the thing. I'm not sure who could get pinned. And I think this could end in some kind of just skirmish with no definite ending. Like a no, no contest type thing. Yeah. Hmm. I wouldn't. I could see Cole being pinned, possibly by Elgin, and him doing something after the match or thinking of doing something like going to. Remember when he lost to Briscoe? He almost super kicked him, but then changed his mind. Something like that. So I'm gonna go. Steen and Elgin will will pick up the win. So that wraps up the uh, show in Chattanooga, Tennessee, this Friday, and they have another show. Where someone has scribbled on the poster with a pink highlighter, as opposed to yellow, still featuring BJ Whitmer, um, in Birmingham, Alabama, Saturday, September 7th. We have a few matches to quickly discuss here. We have a... Sorry, the Sicilian psychopath, Tommaso Ciampa, goes from the main event to the opener to, to, to destroy Luke Hawks in about three minutes, probably. And we could say the same thing about the uh, next two matches as well. Somebody going from the main event to the op- to the yeah. really odd undercard for this Michael show. Michael Elgin will destroy Raymond Rowe. And Kevin Steen will probably make a mockery of Cutie Marshall and hopefully call him a Cabbage Patch Kid. Please, if you're attending this show, please chat, chant Cabbage Patch at Cutie. That has to become a thing after our... Um, after the four... Our discovery. After... Yes, the discovery. Um... A lot of like italics and things on this card, a lot of stipulations. Anyway, Survival of the Fittest 2012 rematch. We've all been calling for this. Michael Bennett versus Davey Richards. Is this technically a rematch since it's Michael Bennett and not Mike Bennett? Exactly. This is a completely never before seen contest. I don't know what they're talking about. So This is false advertising. <laughs> and BJ Whitmer's on the poster. That's double false advertising. Um, so yeah, I think I think Davy Richards will win this. I can't see him losing to Michael Bennett. Yeah, but I could see some kind of post match shenanigans, maybe. Yeah, the usual. Um, then we have a proven ground match. So Jay Lethal gets a proven ground, but Davy Richards doesn't, as Matt Taven faces Jay Lethal. Where if Jay Lethal wins or survives the time limit, which seems to be just forgotten about these days, he will have a world TV title match at Death Before Dishonor XI Eleven weekend. I think we're going to see Jay Lethal win. I think we're going to see Jay Lethal get that 
world TV title match during Death Before Dishonor XI11 weekend. But remember when he was TV champion? Oh, God. Every match went to a time limit? Yeah, because he was unbeatable, so he couldn't be pinned. So no one could pin him. Do you think for all time's sake we'll see that again? Oh, you know, thinking a bit of nostalgia to the uh, Jim Cornette era or something. Yeah. Uh, Just because you can't have Matt Taven lose two matches in the same weekend, can you? That's true. Yeah. But, yeah, I think you're, I think either way, Jay Lethal will come out with this title shot. And he, he won't win the belt, I hope. But um, Then we have a Proving Ground instant reward match where Red Dragon take on Alabama Attitude... Versus Caprice Common and Cedric Alexander versus Adrenaline Rush in a four-way tag team match where if any of the three non-title owners, if, that, if you want to put it that way, win win the match, pick up the pinfall, they will receive an immediate world tag team title match. Who do you think is getting the title shot? Oh, so you're just assuming Red Dragon's going to lose. Well, they wouldn't put a stip... Well, no, because, for example, CNC could pin Mike True, Pope. but... I, I see Adrenaline Rush getting the title shot here. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And then saving the CNC one for a bigger event when it's announced in advance. And yeah, I think I agree. Adrenaline Rush will, will get the title shot, but then be defeated by Red Dragon. And then we have a Star Star main event, Ringmasters Challenge match, Star Star, um, as Roderick Strong. I was wondering what you're talking about. <laughs> Yeah, just go on the ring on a site. They've all, basically they're rating this match four stars before it's even happened. So we have Roderick Strong versus Adam Cole in a Ringmasters challenge where the first fall is pinfall only, the second fall is submission only, and the third fall is a 15 minute Iron Man match with sudden death overtime. So we're going to see sudden death overtime. Yep. So uh, this is why do they even make it a fifteen minute man, fifteen minute Iron Man match? That is not enough time to oh. do anything. Make it twenty minutes. That like that extra five minutes or even thirty minutes. Just think with you know with this going sudden death and the proving ground match, we could have two sort of time limit infused results in one night. It's exciting. Yeah. Um. So yeah, this is the second ever Ringmasters Challenge. The first one took place Death Before Dishonor nine. Two years ago, I believe. It's Roddy Strong, Eddie Edwards. So, uh, I think Adam Cole has to win this. Because if you look at this night, all four people in that, you know... Yeah, yeah, this makes sense. Adam Cole's going to be pinned the night before, but reclaim it by getting this win in the main event. The other three guys are in jobber matches. Yeah, it does make sense. See, you know, I know what's going on. You don't need to watch this show. You just... You just have more previews. Huh? Just listen to our previews and you'll know everything that's going to happen. Exactly. So there you go. I predict Adam Cole will pick up the win. And that wraps up this weekend's Ring of Honor show. Shows, rather. So now we're going to move on to the uh, questions and topics that you sent in. There's several ways you can do this. You can tweet us at ROH underscore world on Twitter. You can go on our forum, ROHworld.com. Or you can go on our Facebook page, Facebook.com slash ROHworld. Oops. I did not think that was ever going to end. <laughs> and you played the old school song last week. Why'd you go with this one? Because I didn't have the correct folder open for the old song, unfortunately. Oh. Uh, <laughs> um, so, we'll start things off with Facebook. We have one from Adam. Who would your preference be for the new 
TV voice of Ring of Honor. And before you answer, John, he says that the answer, anyone instead of Kevin Kelly, is too obvious, so he wants a name. Because that's exactly what I would have said. I would be perfectly fine if they do a Caleb Seltzer and Steve Carino commentary team. Ah, that... Mm. Maybe, yeah, maybe? Yeah, that could work, actually. I know uh, it could work. That's why I said it. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Caleb and Karina. Or maybe uh, a Nigel and Karina could he, could he, could also work. Yeah, but wouldn't you need a play like a dedicated... You would, yeah, play? that's true. Uh, yeah, Caleb, Caleb and Karina. Or they could see how Larry Legend does at play-by-play. Yeah, give him a shot on a DVD or something. Oh. Or how about, no, how about at a, I can't remember what show it was. It was a show over the summer where BJ Whitmer got the title shot. They had Joe, I can't say his last name, Joe Drumbrowski. The name rings a bell. Do commentary with Carino, and it was better than anything Kevin Kelly has done <laughs> of honor. It was think, very good. I think the recurring theme is that we want Kevin Kelly gone. We want Carino there permanently, and we're just someone with him. Yeah, but I thought Joe Drumbrowski did a fantastic job, so mm. him. So there we go, Adam. We didn't just say anyone but Kevin Kelly. We gave names. But uh, honestly, anyone but Kevin Kelly. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Stephen will do. Get him out of exile. Um, Drew, he says he noticed that Ring of Honor had a lot of house shows early in the year, but over the course it has sort of tapered off a bit. Um, do we think this is a planned move or a financial move on the company's part? Well, they are starting to kind of pick back up. We have these two house shows coming up this weekend. Mm. We had Death Before Dishonor, then we have another house show the week after. Yeah, I guess, it's, it's, all, I guess it all just depends on when they can book certain venues. Yeah, and over, and over the summer, things are much more busy than they are during the winter. There we go. Yeah, I couldn't explain it better than myself. We have one from Macklin. Ring of Honor said Jay Briscoe will be in Philly. Thoughts? Could he challenge the new champion? Will he come out with the ROH title too? I think we... Let's just move on from that. We talked about that way too much earlier. I got very angry. Uh, we'll move on to Twitter. Zonka says, bring back Jim Cornette, please. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> this Steve, is not up to us. Stephen says, not, not Stephen, he's in exile. Another Stephen, who's spelt with a PH as opposed to a V in the name. So Stephen. Stephen. Um, he says, do you prefer Ring of Honor not using gimmick matches a lot like the other two top promotions? <laughs> Saying that the week they announce are on a rumble, but... Um, what do you think? I think uh, it's fine that they save matches like the Ladder War or the Fight Without Honor or the Burrito Street Fight for special <laughs> occasions instead of just like like uh, TNA and WWE throw out non or not non-title. I don't know why I said that, but non-disqualification matches mm. almost at will. Like every week, there seems to be one or ra- random tables match on a Raw or something like. Yeah, so I think it, I think it makes them more special and more. Make you makes you more inclined to tune in when they're not yeah. used as often. The thing I, I just like with WWE strategy is how they have a Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, which means every time, every year, a Hell in a Cell has to happen at this show, whether there's a feud that warrants one or not. Do you understand? Like, with Ring of Honor, if they had a Ladder War pay-per-view, then you'd have to, like, find a feud to force into a Ladder War, opposed, yeah. opposed to it just sort of happening naturally and being required. So, yeah, I, I much prefer Ring of Honor strategy in terms of that. Uh, we'll move on to our forum for the final few questions. We have 
KL underscore, our friend from Poland, who has... Well, I don't know what his source is on this, John. You might have to comment on whether this is from some sort of dirt sheet or something. He says, I know what happened with Stephen. He was eliminated by John, who wants to take all control over ROHWorld.com for himself. So, Harry, watch out, because you're going to be eliminated soon. And he has a question for you, John. He says, John, can you share with us? What are you going to do with Harry? What is, what is this, John? What is, this, is there any truth to this? I can't confirm nor deny, but I have to say in the past we have had have had the J.O. Wincast. Well, that, that is true. That is very true. You're not going to join Scum, are you? No, because I don't that... have undersized manliness. <laughs> um, he, he, he actually, this is the question I referenced earlier. He said, how about Mischief participating in the Honor Rumble and eliminating QT Marshall? That would be oh, hilarious. That would yes. be the only way I'd ever support Mischief being in Ring of Honor. <laughs> yeah, I'd be fine with that. Have QT Marshall come out, maybe number one. Everyone's chanting Cabbage Patch at him. Then Mischief comes out, eliminates him straight away. Fine with that. You could, even have, yes. you could even have a funny moment where Elgin has to eliminate his wife from the Battle Royal. There's a lot Elgin, of options Elgin here. Elgin cannot participate in it. Oh, is he not in this tournament? Yeah, the uh, four people who are in the finals of the tournament. Oh, what a shame. In the Honor Rumble. Um, DX vs. NWO 1994 says, Do you think the Honor Rumble will be an opportunity for a rising star to win and go on to have a breakout title match? Similar to the one that Tyler Black had with Nigel McGuinness, where Black didn't win, but the match greatly increased his stock in Ring of Honor. I that, think it could that, be an opportunity okay. for that, but being on a house show, it wouldn't have the same impact as the Tyler Black match would, because back then everything was so DVD centric mm. that everybody would see that, but now with it being video on demand, not everybody's going to watch that. I think that would have a much greater impact if they did it on television. Yeah, that's but true. but it could but it could have a minor impact, I guess. I, I I think it it will be logically it would be a rising star, someone who's perhaps on the undercard, maybe one of C and C, maybe. Yeah, but say, I would love to see uh, Cedric Alexander get this shot. Or may, yeah, Cedric Alexander would or, or ACH, someone like that would be a great pick for this because if you you can't sell a house show, no offense, by saying Cedric Alexander's in the main event at this point. Yet in his career, you can't do that, but you you have this unannounced title match where there's this big battle royal to sell the tickets, then it makes sense. Because if they're going to have Jay Lethal win this, it makes no sense because having that on the poster would sell tickets. So that's my strategy behind it. My my theory, rather. John? I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I, that makes perfect sense. Um, his final question. Favorite Young Bucks match? Favorite Young Bucks match? That's tough. That's it no, not tough. The hooligans, Young Bucks versus hooligans from like two weeks ago. That was very good. Yeah, that'll do. We'll start. I think that they did have some fantastic matches with the machine guns, but that happened elsewhere. So um, now oh, we have we have a troll questions from Marketh. Should do I read this one, John? You've seen it. I have not seen it. You saw it last week. Remember? It was did just I? after we finished recording last week. Oh, I don't remember. So yes, read it, because I cannot remember a week ago. Okay, then. (laughs) 
Oops. I don't know why they're looping. I do apologize. Are we uh, the only podcast in the world that promotes and encourages troll questions? Yeah, we've got to be. That gives it its own segment and theme music. It's... <laughs> he says, now, I, I, don't even, I didn't really want to read this, but we often talk about this with MMA and, like, the wrestling sphere. Do you, like, do you think, like, a gay wrestler man could be, could be, like, successful within the WWE? Like, honestly, like, I think so. But, like, you just never know, you know? Like, I don't know, man. <laughs> and our final questions of the week come from Burnside. Who, who's very excited about questions. He says, yay. Um, his first question isn't a question, but it's him helpfully explaining what happened with Carlo Raleigh and his travel issues, which seemed to be a point of confusion last week. And we were, weren't we, John? We both had no idea what was going on there with this green card and Canada and whatever. So he explains, O'Reilly is indeed Canadian. He was in the US on a working visa. It expired... And when this happened, you lose your legal status in the US. However, you are not immediately teleported out of the country. That would be awesome, wouldn't it? That would be really cool. Something like, you know, you've got this card, it expires, just boom, just gone. Um, However, you're not immediately teleported out, out of the country, but you don't want to meet any immigration officials. This meant that O'Reilly should, should leave the US. He might not be able to get back in. There you go, that makes sense. Yeah, so it wasn't an issue of him leaving the country. It was an issue of him returning to the Getting country. Getting back in because his working visa has expired. And that is why he couldn't work in Canada or anywhere else outside the US because he wouldn't be able to get back in. Um, yeah. So now that he has his green card, he's come to free, he's free to come and go as he pleases. So thank you for clearing that up, Burnside, because I had no idea about any of that stuff. And neither did you, John, as an American citizen. You didn't even understand. Because I've never had to worry about getting a green card. <laughs> Uh, now he wants to talk about Ring of Honor versus PWG. PWG now has a heel stable called the Mount Rushmore of Wrestling, composed of Adam Cole, who is a heel champion, Kevin Steen, and the Young Bucks. Oh my god, that sounds amazing. It is. I, I've actually started watching PWG the last few weeks. Is it good? recommend it? Would yeah, I, I, I think it's, it's, it's. I can't watch a whole show at, at once. Because okay. every match is just insane, and they go over the top with everything. Mm. But if you you know spread a show out over a couple of days, it's really enjoyable. I might have to. And and, and, and they posted like this uh, the formation of this heel stable on their YouTube page, mm. and it is very very well done. That sounds that that faction sounds incredible. Like there's a part where uh, there there's this female wrestler form Candice LeRae, I think her name is, and like they are like all the heel stables like beating them up. And, like Joey Ryan runs down and goes. You know, as much as, you know, like everybody knows I love a good heel stable, but only I can beat up Candice LeRae. So he starts beating her up, and then they all start beating him up. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, it, was, it was very entertaining. So Burnside does actually have a question here. He says, has Ring of Honor had a heel stable that good at any time in the past three years? Scum. <laughs> yeah, Cliff Compton and Matt Hardy and Rhett Titus. That was good, wasn't it? But what about in the last three years? What heel stables has Ring of Honor had, honestly? The Embassy? The Look. Embassy. But that wasn't all that great with the collusion and everything. The, the House, House of, of Truth? Had, as I get a phone call, Deception. that is Stephen calling me. If you can hear my phone. Uh, we, we can. Do you, do you need to go and answer that? 
Okay. I do not need to go answer that. No, I, I will let that go to voicemail. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, House of Truth had all that dissension. I mean, the that had Elgin and Strong. It had well, the potential, I think, when the House of Truth also had Christopher Daniels. I think that was at its strongest point. Yeah. But you have those three guys there with Adam Cole as the heel champion. Those four guys, sorry. That sounds fantastic. Um, he also says... <laughs> he's got another... You see, I think he's been watching a lot of PWG lately. He says that in 2012, PWG ran a feud with heel champ Adam Cole versus Kevin Steen. Has Ring of Honor run a feud that was that good on paper in the past three years? Now, this is a bit of a tricky question. Absolutely, because Kevin Steen and El Generico. Yeah, Kevin Steen, El Generico, Davey, Eddie, Kevin Steen, Davey had some great matches. Yeah, on paper, they've had a lot of great feuds Ring of Honor has, just talent-wise. Mm. It might not have always played out properly. You know, once it plays out. But, but the talent has been there, especially with recently, you had Kevin Steen and Jay Lethal. Mm. Yeah. Um, so the answer to that question is yes. The answer to the first question was no. Um, so that wraps up <laughs> episode one. Of, we should just do that one week, just be like yes or no to every single question. Um, that's actually quite interesting talking about PWG. I might have to uh, check out one of these PWG shows. cast? Maybe. Um, <laughs> where we just don't watch PWG and just, <laughs> yeah, just talk about it. <laughs> um, so that brings an end to episode 105 of the RH cast featuring the A-Team once again. We will see you next week for episode 106. Thank you to John for joining me. Thank you for having me. I was going to do another Mr. T impression, but I decided against it. Please, please turn. I think most people would... T- you know, just stop listening after that first one. Um, so, yeah, we do hope you enjoyed this week's show. Be sure to leave a review on iTunes or send any of your feedback to us via the forum or Twitter. Or we even have an email, contact at rhworld.com. We would like to hear from our listeners. So thank you for listening, and we will see you all next week. <laughs>